Hey, Road to Life, we love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. This week, we're hearing from Pastor Jill Shepline. She did a great message this Sunday, so we're excited to share it with you. For more information, visit roadtolifechurch.com, and we'll see you next week. today. We're going to talk about the ABCs and the XYZs of Jesus and your home. Because, you know, there are basic things and a few things, ABCs, that we never leave, like the love of God and like turn into Jesus and the word of God and obedience to that. And then there's a lot of other stuff that help us in our homes to welcome Jesus in. And, you know, I just want to say to you that we weren't perfect parents but we were pretty good ones. And we have four kids. Three of them are in their 30s now. And, um, you know, I say that honestly, though, but we weren't perfect. We weren't. And, and But we have um, four of them, and they're married now, and they have the most wonderful spouses. Thank you, God. We love their spouses like our own children. We love our children. And we have three grandchildren. I hope we have a dozen grandchildren. I love grandchildren. Come on, grandmas. Yes, we love it. We spoil them. We give them back. We don't have to do the hard stuff. I love it. One of my daughters said, um, you're going to watch them for a while, so will you, will you spank them if they need it? I said, no, that's not my job. Not my job anymore. That's your job. Not my job. Your job. <laughs> so um, I have a lot of fun with them, and I'm sure all you nanas out there do too. <laughs> and you mothers, God bless you. You know what? And this is a message for everybody today. If you're here and you're not yet a mother, you will be, or you have a home. And Jesus' principles are the same for everybody, or you're a man, or you're a dude, and you're going to receive something from God today too, because God's a good God, and he he has something for you, so don't you worry. Don't you worry at all. Okay, so ABCs and XYZs of Jesus in your home. Listen, I know that because we're not perfect, nobody's perfect, and we're all human beings, that sometimes as Christians, we expect perfection. We expect it out of our spouse. We expect it out of our kids, and it's just non-existent, y'all. The only one's perfect is Jesus himself. And we see that in the Bible because stuff happens in families. Stuff happens in people's lives. Stuff happens and you got to know what to do with the stuff. And so the main thing is that we teach our kids to turn it to Jesus and that we model that in our lives. And, um, you know, Joseph is an example of being betrayed in the Bible. He had his brothers envied him and, um, Envy is an ugly thing. It divides and it's bad. And so it's a work of the flesh, Galatians 5 says. So we need to rid ourselves of envy towards one another and be happy for the blessings of others. But, you know, part of it was Joseph's own fault because he... Um, uh, shot his mouth off, said, y'all are going to bow down to me. Nobody likes that to be treated down, right? And so his brothers didn't like that, and I get it, don't you? He should have kept the dream to himself and just trusted God to bring it to pass, but he blurted it out, and, you know, he kind of had a little maybe cockiness, but Jacob didn't help because he favored him with the coat, remember? And, you know, don't favor your kids. Treat them all the same as much as you can, okay? And um, 
you know, uh, help them to get along together in, in the home, you know. And um, we wouldn't let the kids uh, have friends over if they weren't getting along with one another. We said, you know what, it starts right here. You got to get along with one another first. And so um, we would, we would um, have one another give grace to one another. But just what I'm saying here is let's learn from the people in the Bible. We think of them as great. You know, Joseph was great. Um, he, he, um, he had a good attitude through, through all the things that happened to him. You know, his brothers sold him into slavery. Remember, put him in the pit and he was in prison and forgotten. So he had been betrayed. And maybe you're here and you've had a betrayal in your life. Or maybe you've had a loss or you've had something very hard for you to deal with. Well, look at Joseph. Joseph maintained a good attitude. The Bible says that God was with him, that God favored him, that God blessed whatever he did. And he kind of rose to the top every where he went. And so um, finally, God placed him because of his great attitude towards God. God placed him over it all. And his brothers came back to him, didn't recognize him, remember the story. And he said, you know what? You meant this for evil. He was such a forgiver, a gracious person. And that's the way we got to be in our lives when we're wrong, because he could have been a bitter somebody, but he wasn't a bitter somebody. He forgave his brothers. And he said, you know what? You meant that for evil but God, God meant it for our deliverance. God meant it to save Israel. God meant it to save us. And so sometimes when we're going through something hard, we got to remember to maintain a good attitude, to hold on to God and God will turn it around for us. He really, really will. Some of us might've been waiting a long time for something. I want to encourage you today to keep believing, to keep doing what's right, to keep given grace to keep forgiving, to keep standing upright because God will bless your life. He blessed Joseph's life. We see that. Another person that I love in the Bible is King David. King David was a worshiper. He was one of the greatest kings. He wrote a lot of the Psalms. Do you love the Psalms? I love the Psalms. When you're down or discouraged, read the Psalms. They're so uplifting, so praising. And so David was anointed, but it took him a long time to get to the kingship. And he was, he, um, his father-in-law was bad to him and almost tried to kill him, Saul. And um, he had trouble with his family because he had a lust problem. You know, David's problem, he, he was a worshiper. He brought the ark in. He, he, um, he amassed great wealth and wanted to build God a temple, but Solomon, his son, did it. So he didn't get to actually do that. But Solomon did. And he just um, had a, um, a love for God. and um, But he had a lust problem because one day he looked out and saw Bathsheba and he took her and then he, and he was deceptive and he had her husband killed and all this stuff. But God saw that. God saw it and God said, God sent Nathan the prophet to him and he said, you're going to have a consequence for this because how many of you know there's consequences for our sins? And we have to, you know, no, God is a merciful, gracious, good God, but we have to repent of our sins and say, God, I'm sorry. And we have to say it to people around us when we wrong them. We have to say, I'm sorry. And that was a huge thing for uh, David is he repented and he said, God, I'm sorry. He was sorry. And so, but he still reaped consequences and the consequences were the sword didn't depart from his house and the child was going to die. The Bible says, 
And, and Nathan told him, he said, you know, you did this in secret, but I'm going to put, put it before Israel. And his son Absalom actually did that. He betrayed him. His own son betrayed him trying to take over the kingdom. And his own son slept with all his concubines in front of all Israel, chased him out of the kingdom. So he had betrayal. He had his, his, um, he had, um, a family problem, a sexual sin in his family because Amnon, his son, and his, his half-sister, which was David's other daughter, Tamar, they, he raped her. And it made Absalom so mad because Tamar was Absalom's uh, brother that he had Amnon killed. And then, and then uh, later on, Absalom died in a battle. So... You know, David had three of his children that I can remember die. And what a terrible thing because we all expect to outlive our children, right? So there are some, some missteps in the Bible that we see. There are some problems in families that we see because everybody's got something, right? We're human beings and nobody's perfect but Jesus. So let's get it right and let's live for God and let's give grace and love and forgiveness in our families and let's um, give it around us too. Um, and then Sarah, I thought of Sarah because Sarah had a promise from God about a son. She wanted a child and God gave her a promise. Those of you who are waiting, God promises you to be fruitful and to multiply. May that come to pass for you in the name of Jesus. But anyway, Sarah was an old, old lady and, um, it wasn't happening the way she thought. And so she thought she'd make God's promise happen. How many people have tried to make it happen and come up with their plan to help make it happen? And so that was a problem because those people are still a problem today, those ancestors. So she got Hagar. Remember the story? She got Hagar and told Hagar to go into, I don't get all that, girls. I don't. Many of us don't get that. That's one of those questions. But I'm telling you that in the beginning, it wasn't that. God created Adam and Eve in the garden, right? In the original design of God, which we need to stand up for and affirm today, it was Adam and Eve walking with God, a man and a woman walking with God. Not many wives, not many, you know, it was one man and one woman. That's God's original design, but their culture embraced things and many wives. And so that's why Sarah probably thought it was okay to make it happen with Hagar. I don't know. But the story is that Hagar got pregnant and she started to despise and put down Sarah and Sarah didn't like it. Sarah didn't like it. And she went to Abraham and she goes, look, Abe. And then she, it was her idea, but she blamed him. She's like, look, this woman is doing this. He said, well, put, you know, do what you want. You're, you know. And so she, the Bible says that she treated Hagar so roughly, so, so harshly, it says, that Hagar ran away. So you know, there is stuff in the book, you know, and when Hagar ran away, I want you to see what, what uh, she said. Because when Hagar ran away, and you know, they were both wrong. I want you to know they were both wrong. 
Sarah was wrong and not waiting on the promise and just praising God and letting it come to pass instead of, you know, trying to make it happen herself. You know, some people try to make things happen before the time and it's not the time. You got to wait for God to make it happen and thank him and praise him and believe him. But anyways, so she didn't wait and she, um, they had this problem and when so she was wrong in that, but uh, Hagar was wrong in her attitude. She had a bad attitude, and God spoke to her. She cried out to God when she ran away from Sarah, when Sarah treated her bad, and she ran away. The Bible says that she cried out to God. Oh, that's the first thing we should do every time is cry out to God and ask Jesus to help us. Now, she didn't know Jesus then, but she cried out to God, and, and, and the Bible says that an angel came to her and spoke to her and this is what he said in verse 11 it says and the angel said you're now pregnant even in her wilderness even in her bad attitude when she cried out to God God sent the angel to speak to her and he said there you are now pregnant verse 11 Genesis 16 11 you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son and you are to name him Ishmael which means God hears God hears for the Lord has heard your cry of distress and I'm here to tell you today if you've been in a little bit of a mess and you've had a bad attitude and you call out to God God hears you God hears you today the same as he heard her then and it says thereafter in verse 13 it says Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her and she said you are the God who sees me oh that's God. He's the good God that sees us. He's a loving God that heals us. He's a providing God that'll meet that need, whatever it is deep within your heart. He will do it. Yes, he will. So she said, you are the God who sees me. And she also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? Verse 14. So that well was named, I don't know how to say this, Beer Roy. Which means, I'm terrible at these um, tongue twister names in the Bible, but it means, I love what it means, y'all. It means, well of the living one who sees me. He's a living one who sees you. He's a living one who cares about you. He cares about your situations. He cares about your family struggles. He cares about everything. Maybe you're not in a struggle and you're doing really great. God bless you, but one day... On this earth, you're probably going to face a trouble, and they all did. The longer you live, I'm sorry to say, but the good news is he's with us in it. He'll heal us through it. He'll help us. He might do it, and he might take a time. I don't know, but I know that God is good, and God helps us when we turn to him first. Yes, he does. So we get asked a lot, you know, because we've been married a long time, going on, uh, well, 37, going on 38 years, and so we get asked a lot, how, how do you raise a good family? And uh, my husband says, feed them. <laughs> because they, they got to eat, right? Um, that's funny. No, that's why I call this ABCs and XYZs because there's so much to a family and having Jesus in our home, right? And let's look at Psalms 34 today. Um, it says here in verse 11 to 19, it says, Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Um, that means a respect for God 
a respect for his word, a worshiping of God. Uh, David was inspired by God to write this. And you know, David had Solomon. And Solomon, if you remember, he um, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. How many of us have read Ecclesiastes before? Yeah, I want to encourage you. That's good. And let's more of us read Ecclesiastes because that is a book where it's about Solomon's search. And he tried everything in his life. He tried building things and gardens and amassing wealth. He was so wealthy and he had wisdom because he asked God for it. He asked God for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. And sometimes he didn't live by the wisdom God gave him. And because he had all those wives and concubines, that wasn't very wise. But he did a lot of, you know, sometimes you can have a gift, but you got to live in that. You got to live in that gift, right? Sometimes you have a gift, but you got to have the fruit, the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, grace, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. You know, all of us grow in that. We're gifted, but we have to grow in our lives. All of us, all of us do. We're all human and only Jesus is perfect. Anyway, so Solomon tried all this stuff and he said, it's like a chasing of the wind. I get this, I get that. It just emptiness, vanity of vanities. You remember? And so at the end of the book, he said this, what David said in Psalms 34 about, listen to me, I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. This is what, after all Solomon tried, he said in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, all has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God. This is an ABC. Fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is, and keep his commandments. His commandment is love, right? Because in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments were just symbolic of love God, have no other gods before me, keep the Sabbath, all that, no make a grave and all that. And then love others, don't covet, don't steal, don't commit adultery, all these things about loving God and loving others. So Jesus came and the commandment is love, love, because God is love. So, so um, he said, all has been heard, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. And the end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is, and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation, that we would revere and respect God and obey him and worship him and live for him. And that's the original purpose of our creation. They walked with God in the garden. And the object of God's providence, obeying God, well, they disobeyed and we're still reaping that, you know. And we all make choices, but the objects of God's providence, the root of character, because when we respect God and we keep his word and his commandments, it helps our character. It helps us become more like him if we'll obey it. Uh, the foundation of all happiness. Oh, you're seeking happiness. The joy is in the Lord. The joy is in having a respect for him. The joy is in worshiping him. The joy is in living for him and being a blessing around you to your family and to other people. There's a joy and a life in that because he is life. And he said, the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances. You got some inharmonious stuff going on in your life? So respect God. Do what he says. Worship him. Give thanks to him. Keep his commandments. If you messed up, ask them to forgive you. Ask God to forgive you. We all have to do it. I have to do it too. So 
Um, that in all conditions under the sun and the whole duty for every man. So respect God, worship God, and keep his commandments or his word. So how to raise a good family? Well, you know, Psalms, there's so much to that. Psalms 34 says in 11, it says, listen, I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. And in verse 12, it says, does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? I do. Do you? I want to live a life that's long and prosperous. I would say everybody in this room wants that. In verse 13, it says, then keep your tongue from speaking evil. So if we've been talking bad, that's one thing in our house. We didn't talk bad about people. We didn't put people down. We tried to help people, pray for people, bless people, love people. Uh, bless your family. Bless is to speak well over. Speak well over them. Okay, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. You know, we taught the kids, the devil is the father of lies. It says it, I think John 8, somewhere in there. It says he's the father of lies. We said we don't align with the devil. He, he's a liar. God is truth. He's the spirit of truth. Tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. Okay, and... Uh, and then, you know, other versions say, keep yourself from guile. That's like smiling and saying one thing and your heart is something else. There's a dichotomy. It's, and so keep our hearts right. And that's an ongoing adjustment in all of our lives, right? Because sometimes stuff happens and we got to let it go. We got to give it to Jesus. We can't allow offense or bitterness or unforgiveness. We have to release that to Jesus, turn it to Jesus, give it to Jesus and, and let him change our hearts and give us his peace again. We all need that. So that it says here, you want to live a life that's long and prosperous. Keep your tongue from speaking evil. We talked good about the church, good about people. Um, we tried to do, now, sometimes we corrected our children because the love of God corrects, right? Hebrews 12 talks about how the father corrects the children that he loves, and it's so that they bring out righteousness, the fruit of righteousness in their character. Read it, Hebrews 12. So, um, uh, in, in bringing up your family, follow God. Follow what he says. Do what he says. Even if you don't feel like doing it, just do it anyway, because God will bless us when we obey. So it says there, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies and turn away from evil and do good. Do good. Um, search for peace. And that word peace is shalom. The word shalom, you know, they, in Israel, they went around everywhere and that's their greeting, shalom. I love it because it means more than just peace. It means safety. It means wellness. It means happy. It means friendly. It means welfare. It means health. It means prosperity and peace. It means all that. So when they say shalom to you, it means all that to you. And, um, and it says here, so search for that in your life. And you're going to find it in looking to Jesus and looking to God and doing his word and work to maintain it. Do whatever it takes to, to maintain that in your life. And it is work sometime. Okay, so verse 15, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. 
Verse 17 says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. If you've had some hard things happen in your life, God is close to you. He loves you. He'll heal you. He'll help you. He'll strengthen you. He'll lift you. Um, just know that about God. He's a good God. He'll be right there with you to help you. Uh, verse 19 says, Says, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. I love that about God, don't you? When we need to, we need to turn to Jesus, turn to him again and again. There's nothing like turning to Jesus with all that we are. And you know, it's, life is about making adjustments in our life for, towards God. You know, uh, sometimes if we're super busy, we need to be more present in our families. And uh, because um, God is an ever-present help, God is there present. And sometimes we don't realize, but it's so important that we're present in our families. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't mean physically, but we're emotionally there for them to tell them, to encourage them, to love them, to give grace to them. And, you know, I know that sometimes it's hard when you have to like repetitively, um, you know, you like, you got little kids maybe or whatever, and you're repetitively doing something and disciplining or whatever. And, but God gives us the grace and the help in that. I remember turning to God many times with my kids and saying, oh God, these are your children more than my children. They're your children. And I know you love them, God. And so please help me with them. Help me to show them God, to, to show them to pray, to show them. And that's what we did. We tried to live to show them Jesus. And uh, once again, I know we weren't perfect, but we brought them to church. We served God. We tried to teach them to do what the Bible says, and, and we believed God. And that's what God wants for all of us. He wants us to know him and to walk with him. And, you know, sometimes we'd have to make adjustments. You know, we had four, and so we had to, like, take turns. And because, you know, I know all the sports and our kids were in music and dance and sports and all that kind of stuff. And, stuff. But, and you know, you want them because those are good team builders. They're good for their character. You want them to use their gifts, whatever. But also, we were careful that because we knew we couldn't take, they couldn't take any of that stuff to heaven. You know, so we were careful about making sure that that didn't replace God because we, so many parents want their children to love God and serve God and their children don't see them doing that all the time. And so it's really important that we, if we made a mistake in that, that we say it and that we try to fix it and that we lead by example, you know, um, that's one thing about the Israelites when we went there um, to uh, Israel. Um, they have a high percentage of passing their faith on to their children. And, you know, um, what I admired about them is they, they every week, we went to them with the, to their um, synagogue, and they said the Bible, you know, they were doing the Psalms, you know, and they were singing it and dancing it. And, you know, I remember doing that with my kids, singing and dancing. We do sing the scriptures and I paid my kids to learn the scriptures. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I call it a bribe. I don't know. I paid them to learn that scripture, these scriptures right here. You know, I'm going to pay you for that. There was a reward for learning in God. And I, and 
Right. But they um, celebrated, they celebrated over in Israel a lot. And they, and they would have that Shabbat dinner and we went to that and they spoke the Proverbs and the, the blessings over their family. It was the most beautiful thing. And um, I know they know Jesus, but what I'm saying is they have a high percentage of passing their faith on. And so we need to, in the in America, remember that we pass it on. We want to keep passing it on, passing it on. And, you know, they were very faithful and they served together. They encouraged their children to serve God, serve people around them, you know, and they, and they went every week and every week that dinner. So they had family time. You know, that's what we did. We had family nights. We had date nights. You know, we had um, so many things going on because in the beginning we owned a business and, and then they sent us out to do a church. So we were bivocational pastors for a long time before we came here. And so, um, you know, I know what it's like to juggle a lot of stuff, but keep it about Jesus. Keep it simple about the love of God and don't leave the ABCs, okay? Because God wants to pour out on you and on your family and Jesus in your house. And he does that. He, he'll be faithful in that. But if you've been here, uh, there's so much brokenness. If you've been from a broken family, God can heal it. I'm telling you, when we turn to Jesus, when we turn to Jesus with anything, if we've been in a, an issue and we need freedom, if we turn to Jesus, Jesus will just keep turning to him, keep turning to him, keep coming to church because that's turning to Jesus. Keep turning to his word and doing it with what he says and he'll free us from that. And then sometimes people have had such hurts like they had it even in the Bible and they have such bruises but Jesus is the healer to it all. So turn it over to Jesus because he'll turn it around for you and in your family, he'll do a work. If you'll turn it to him repeatedly, that's what I always did. I always turned it to Jesus. And even some of my kids at times, I'll remember um, one of them coming home to me and somebody did something, said to him something, and it was, it was very hurtful to them. And they... Um, um, and I said, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. And it happens to, it, it, you know, Jesus had things happen to him. He didn't deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we deserve it. Whatever, you know, sometimes the kids like uh, Joseph and said something they shouldn't have said. And they got into it with somebody or whatever, you know. But this time something happened. They really didn't do anything. And it was really sad. And I was like, I am so sorry that happened to you. Can can we pray about that? Can we turn that to Jesus? And I remember bowing down with them beside their bed and saying, will you pray with me? Let's give that to Jesus right now. And let's, let's say, Jesus, I give it to you. And I led them in a prayer. I can't remember the exact words, but I choose to forgive them. I give it to you, Jesus. I choose to bless them. Even if I don't feel like that, God, help me. Help me right now. And I remember doing that, and I wonder if they remember it. Because I remember it. I hope they remember it. And I hope you remember it. Because sometimes we need to let stuff go and let Jesus heal us. Sometimes we need to forgive we need to give grace because nobody's perfect. Sometimes we need to love more and we need to walk in obedience to the truth.
Sometimes we're sinning, we're really sinning with our attitude. And we've run away, but God hears and God sees. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is he takes all our family matters and our brokenness and he heals us when we turn to him with our disappointments, with the things that didn't turn out the way we thought. When we look to Jesus, he gives life to us. He helps us. And in Ezekiel, or not Ezekiel, in, um, in the Bible, it says, he was wounded for our Isaiah, 53.5. Ezekiel, Isaiah. Isaiah 53.5, if we could put that up on the screen. He was wounded. He was wounded for your sins and mine. He was bruised for our guilt and our iniquities or our bends to go a certain way. Some of us have sinful bends that are in our family lines, alcoholism and abuse and um, all kinds of sins that have passed down the family line, but it can be broken in Christ. It can be broken in the name of Jesus. And when, thank you God for setting us free. And you know, sometimes when it says he was bruised, but you know, a bruise is where we have been hurt and it's bleeding on the inside. And some of us have that in our lives, from our life, from the stuff that's happened to us. We have a bruise there and it's bleeding inside and Maybe you're not saying it, but God sees it and he wants to heal it because he was bruised for our guilt, our iniquities, the stuff even that happened to us. The chastisement need, needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. He took the crown of thorns on his head for our peace, for our freedom from fears and anxieties and worries about our tomorrows and our children and what's going to happen. And he bled for us to have peace again. May his peace settle on your heart and mind. He's the Prince of Peace. He's got everything. He's an awesome God. So may we be healed and receive healing today. May we receive and turn to Jesus for our freedom today. May we invite him more into our lives today and live and walk with him today. And I need to end because my husband's up here. I didn't even get to number one, really. Stand up on our feet and let's pray today together in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, God, today for all these precious people, God. You love them. If today you need healing in your life, maybe from bruises, maybe from brokenness, I don't know. God hears, he sees. Just say, Jesus, touch my life. Help me, heal me, free me, fill me, show me. I need you, Jesus, in my heart, in my family, in my life. Thank you for your grace, your love, your mercy towards me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good work, babe. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as I was sitting there, we're going to... I was just impressed. Um, there's a bunch of us today that you need to resolve in your heart
to let something go. You know, you say, well, my family, this happened. This is what I know about families. Number one, we were far from perfect. Okay. But number two, families are a full contact sport. How many of you know what I'm saying? It is a, but what it is, is as we live down here, and I was, I was reminded of a story that when our kids were really, really little, and we always, you know, we always were going to walk in love, and we're always going to forgive everybody, and da, 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 da. And we had a neighbor that had just moved in, and they were renting a house. And um, how many of you know, there's some people that are just born jerks. How many of you know what I'm saying? <laughs> This guy was, just had a chip on his shoulder. You know, you'd wave to him and he'd snarl at you. You know, that kind of a thing. And, and he had two kids and his wife. And, and, um, and his kids and his wife were really, really nice. But he was just super, just, just negative. You know what I'm saying? Just really, just kind of a negative. And, um, and I remember he would just like, um, he just, and, and the neighborhood was kind of like, we had lived there for a long time and we need somebody, and everybody's like, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with that guy? You know what I'm saying? And you just kind of try to turn it and just be like, oh, you know, he's got a rough day or whatever, whatever, whatever. He called the dog pound on our dog that got outside our fence and the dog pound came and took our dog away. How many of y'all know? It's like, I ain't feeling real loving. How many of you are with me on that? He called the dog pound. And the kids are like, I remember one of my kids looked and he took our dog. <laughs> they came and took the dog pound. The dog pound took the dog away. And it's like, you know, they take your dog. It's like a hundred bucks to get your dog back. And you got so many time. And my wife says, she says, let's bake them all some cookies and bring them some cookies. And how many of y'all know, I'm like, I want to put something in the cookies. How many of you can relate to me? And, but I was like, some of us right now, you've been wronged. And the Lord is saying to you, maybe you've done what you feel like doing, but now you need to stop doing what you feel like doing and do the right thing. And just saying, so my, they, my wife, she baked these cookies and, and the kids, and they go over there to deliver the cookies. And the lady comes to the door and she knows, I mean, it was bad the neighborhood to get to his driveway he had to drive across a neighbor's property and the neighbor decided he was putting a rope up so he could no longer access his house and i'm like whoa whoa you know what i'm saying there the neighbors were like burn it down burn it down burn it down <laughs> it's like no we're gonna love them we're going to love them. And so Jill bakes cookies and goes over there with the kids and says, we just want to give you guys some cookies. And the lady starts to cry. And she says, my husband is such a jerk. <laughs> oh, we don't want to go here. We agree. No. <laughs> some of us right now in your life, this is a cookie moment for you. Where maybe in your family, 
maybe with your mom, maybe with your dad, maybe with the sibling, maybe with the relative, maybe with something. You just need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm going to do this your way and I'm going to love them. Because Lord, what I know is you said that I'm not, not only supposed to want your peace, but I'm supposed to seek it and work for it in my life. And I promise you this, that God will heal that area in your heart and in your life. He'll heal it. But you have to stop and say, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. Are you with me? And I don't know who that's for, but today the Lord is saying to you, okay, you've, you know, okay, so your, your mom wasn't perfect. Okay, say, so it wasn't perfect. Okay, so this happened that you didn't like or you didn't agree. So you were, okay, I agreed that was all wrong, but now you have to stop and say, Lord, I'm going to, invite you into that situation. And I'm going to do it. I'm, I can't fix it. I can't fix them. But what I can do is let myself free from this and do it your way. God, today we come before you and we invite your Holy Spirit. We invite your presence into our life. Lord, we realize that living down here, Lord, you said that in this life, Lord, we're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulation. Lord, we're going to have all kinds of stuff. But you said to be of good cheer or to be upbeat in our attitude because you have overcome the world. And Lord, we want to overcome in everything that is going on where our spirit is free. Our soul is free. We're not carrying any baggage, but Lord, we're moving into what you have for our life. We invite your Holy Spirit right now into our life and into our heart. And Lord, we say yes to you. Say that with me. Say yes, Lord. I choose your way. Help me today in Jesus' name.